everybody. Welcome back to What's for Dinner, a relationship podcast. I'm Shannon. And I'm Zion. And we've had quite the busy week this week. We have. So last week, as you guys know, we took the week off. And honestly, since we're just starting out, I like never wanted to do that. But a lot kind of just happened on our way to South Carolina. As you guys know, we talked about that, that we were, went home last week into South Carolina. And... Since we're here, we can just jump right into Rose and Thorn because this has to do with that. Hey, you've got a pretty good rose this week. So my rose is that I got a new job. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of listeners probably were hit by COVID at work or something definitely changed in your employment in some way, whether you're now fully at home or, you know, pay cuts, layoffs, furloughs. I was unfortunately laid off at the company that I was last at. I was laid off at the end of June or mid-June and just kind of writing it out, applying here and there, and I ended up getting a new job on Friday on our way home to South Carolina. got the email. In the car while driving. That Cyan read. I didn't read it. So he actually saw that email first. But I started my new job and... It ended up being a lot more work than I had at my last job. So I was just so much busier and there's a lot going on in the next couple of weeks and onboarding me and everything. So I was working probably each night until around 8 o'clock and then I was just absolutely pooped afterwards. So we just hung out and laid low. I went to bed at like 9 o'clock the first night. And then we got back to New York from South Carolina midday on Tuesday and so we just kind of ran out of time to record and write and do all of that so took a little break but now we're back what's your thorn yeah that was my rose and my thorn would probably be I had to buy a new computer this week I have this innate ability for every time I you know get a little bit of kind of extra what you could think of as like fun money so money that's not going to be used for rent or, you know, I, I could either save it or I could spend it and buy something fun. I lose something and have to use it. So one time it was my phone right after a tax return. And then this time it was my first unemployment paycheck from before I had a job. And at this new job, I obviously everything is all meetings and they couldn't hear me in the microphone. I tried all my different headphones that I had, I tried my personal computer, I tried Scion's computer, and nothing was working. And then, so my computer died, and I just gave up. So I had to use my entire paycheck to go buy a new computer because Scion's computer actually blew up too. So it was on Wednesday, and Wednesday was just an awful day. All the computers died. But now you have a shiny new MacBook. But I do. So every thorn has its rose, I guess. And now I have a really cool computer, and I'm really excited about it. Your MacBook looks pretty cool. Buying buying one sucks. It's a hard investment for sure. What was yours? Uh, my rose. You've got two weeks of roses to think about. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to defer to last week's rose, though. Uh, I talked about how the wedding tasting and looking forward to the wedding tasting was going to be my rose. I think this week, that's probably my rose. Uh, Last week was the anticipation. This week was the actual. Yeah, the actual was really nice. I guess we'll talk about that later on in the podcast. But why was it your rose? 
uh, first tangible thing we've done and they kind of killed it you know like I feel like we've both it been went a little so stressed. much better than I was ever anticipating yeah we were both a little bit stressed and like if you think about it in terms of everything we've put into the wedding we haven't really seen anything back from the company yet and so this was the first thing that we've seen and you know they really blew me out of the water I I wasn't expecting what we saw so I think that was my rose my thorn was definitely my work computer crashing and IT basically saying we will figure it out later and so I had to figure out how to continue to work off my personal computer I guess I will say I feel like a lot of companies like figuring out IT and everything during the whole pandemic it's already hard enough when you're in the office and now you're trying to like like before when I was working from home at my last job before they brought everything central I was housing at least six computers at my apartment in the event that someone's computer broke down I would have had to send it and so I you know IT stuff is hard and then if anybody's just not on it, then it makes everything so much harder. Oh, yeah. I don't blame our IT department for taking time. It's just annoying. Yeah, it's frustrating. But, yeah, so that's kind of why we were gone this week or last week, and we're back this week. But since we're here, you know, I thought we'd talk about kind of why we went home. We went back to my house uh, in South Carolina, which apparently during COVID, my mom has just done a full interior redecoration yeah your house we stayed there for a month two months ago the month of may yeah we were essentially just living in that house too and it is totally different now it looks really good i think you know we were expecting a lot more people to from my family to show up for the bridal shower but we sent the invitations and all of a sudden charleston blew up with cases so a lot of people just in terms of safety, safety didn't really want to go, which is totally fine with me. But now we have all these rooms for guests, so that's going to be great. We went home originally for our tasting. And then when I realized the tasting was happening, I thought, you know, let's knock some other things out. So I did a makeup trial and my bridal shower. And your nails. And my nails. That was kind of last minute. But yeah, so we came home for my bridal shower. And... Uh, a lot of, there's there's been a lot of things for the wedding where I was like oh, I don't know if we need this like an engagement session I didn't know if we needed to do that for pictures and for a bridal shower I was like you know it's really it's it's great if people in South Carolina want to throw that and I'd love it but like you know with all the travel and everything I wasn't just fully expecting it but it was I'm so happy I did it because especially because we haven't gotten to see a lot of people and even my mom hasn't gotten to see a lot of her friends since March, and I got to see one of my, like, really good friends growing up um, who I don't get to see very often. So, good morning, Noelle. I hope your ride to work is going well. Was there a theme? No. No, a lot of times there are themes, but this was just kind of more of just, like, a get-together. Um, there was the way they did food for anybody, any brides planning or anybody who wants to throw a party – we did, or the people hosting it, there were five women who hosted it for me, and we did pre-boxed lunches, so to kind of eliminate touch points and, like, grazing bo- boards and whatever other things people usually have, so it was all box lunches, and then people did have masks, and it was outside. 
but it was a little bit warm, but there were lots of fans, and so it was really, really great, and we just all hung out, we ate, we talked, and a lot of, I, so I, growing up, I had this group of four friends, four or five friends, and all of them had either brothers or sisters who were friends with my brother, and so it's just been this really tight-knit group of friends, and somehow all of us have kind of hit every life stage at the same time and we've all stayed friends our whole life so like you know all of us are getting married in the next between April one girl got married and June of next year we're all getting married like you know we all finished college roughly around the same time we all went to all the same schools growing up so it's kind of been fun to do everything together and get to see and still be friends and go through it as friends and not have one person just in terms of time and like blow everybody out of the water because that easily could have happened so I think that's always, that's always kind of fun I feel yeah. like that doesn't happen even for you a lot of your friends like you guys are all getting married back to back to back to back yeah except for except for a couple of stragglers yeah but not really yeah no I mean everyone kind of hit those same life stages at the same time I feel like yeah and for the shower one of my friends Noelle who's like hysterical I was opening presents and the things that I got at the shower were like, you know, strainers and um, like a toster. We got an espresso machine. So like just stuff that, as Noelle explained it, is things that you think come with the house but actually don't. So I feel like, you know, you don't ever think about buying a strainer or cutting boards or, you know, a toaster. So now that you know, now that you have this house and if you don't have those things already, you have to go out and buy them. So it's kind of nice to like get those as presents and you don't think that you want to like register for things. Register. It's worth it. It really is. You know, it's kind of, and it's kind of fun. And you get cool things that you would probably not buy yourself when you're younger. Yeah. I think the espresso machine was a big one for us because espresso machines are just an investment and we... We've used it so many times already. Yeah, use it daily. And I got one of my aunts sent me measuring cups. And you don't think a measuring cup is as important as it is. Yeah. It's huge. And so I was like, you know, I'm 27 years old and like thrilled over a measuring cup. So it's uh, it's fun. It's fun to kind of like get adult presents, I guess. You know, I feel like a lot of times it's your birthday. You're not getting adult presents. You're getting the fun things. So now this is kind of like adult birthday presents. Yeah. It's also cool to have like our bar cart. Get. Starting to get filled up with yeah. like the real glasses that you didn't buy at like exactly whatever store and like the cheese boards and cheese knives are pretty cool. Yeah, what did you do? So what, so no. uh, your dad took me out on his friend Daryl's boat, and that was actually a really cool experience. I have been to Charleston a few times. I've seen the Battery. I've gotten to see like the colored houses and stuff. Rainbow Row. Yeah, while walking. Um. But they took me like in a loop around Charleston and like around the bay and then up to uh, the bridge. That, the, Arthur Avenal, the Cooper River. Yeah, the famous bridge. And then back down. And it was really cool to see Charleston from the water. I feel like that's a view that you always see on the internet when people it describe Charleston. It is cool. Charleston, Going underneath but, that bridge is cool. Yeah, I've never. So we didn't get to go. I didn't, we didn't go underneath. But, oh, you didn't go um, under? No, we just kind of went up to it and around. But it was. It was still cool nonetheless, uh, seeing like the bayfront at Charleston, like where the nice houses are and the battery, that park where the pineapple fountain is like on the waterfront. Uh-huh. That was pretty cool. 
So, fun fact about the bridge, my brother still owes me $20 um, from uh, third grade because we placed a bet when I was, you know, 10 that the bridge would be built in, I said August, and he was like, no, it's not supposed to be built for another year and a half. I was like, no, I mean, they told us today that, you know, the bridge is going to be done in August. I was like, I bet you $20 it's done in August. It was done in August. So, he still owes me $20. And I don't ever let him live that one down. But my parents also, I think a, a week or so or a month or so before the bridge opened, they had this big black tie party on top of the bridge. That's pretty cool. So it was set up like they had like a full bar. They had couches. It was like an actual black like tie. on the bridge? On Where top of the park? bridge. Um, I think there was a place. I didn't go. I was little. I know. but um, So it's a 10, it's 10K, across, 5K across, right? Because the run across the Cooper the River is 10- Bridge run is a 10k, but there's a parking spot and they had shuttles drive you out to where the okay. top of the bridge. I was gonna say that's a so miserable. They didn't make everybody walk in their heels. <laughs> it's a miserable walk if you're gonna park your car on the outside of the bridge. My mom said it was really cool, but it was like the windiest party she's ever been to. I imagine. And then another thing I did was my makeup trial, which was really fun to do and finally kind of get to see that put together because the last time I did anything kind of wedding centric where I got to see like what I'll look like was my dress and so this was really fun to get to kind of do a makeup trial get my nails done and kind of figure out what I'm doing Cyan hasn't seen so we're not going to talk about that and then we also did our tasting and I feel like you're really excited about that so you can talk about that I was very excited for our tasting it's the food was really good. We walked in, you know, everyone was fairly safe. And we, they kind of hit us first with uh, the hors d'oeuvres. The hors d'oeuvres. That were all like lined up on a plate, kind of how they would be served, hot and cold, separated. I feel like we should save the actual food that we ate until after the wedding. Okay. So the people who listen who are going will be surprised. Yeah. That's true. We can I mean, talk about what it was like. It was it was really nice though. The service was really good. The chef was very very friendly and open to. He gave us options, which was yeah. nice, and kind of asked us like what we liked, what we might do differently. I think the thing that surprised us the most was I didn't want to sit down dinner. Like I think that just takes up too much time, and like I'd rather have people out on the dance floor dancing. And a buffet sometimes just leans too far towards casual for what I'm what I'm going for but I thought that's just what it was going to be like and I was like okay maybe you know it's a served buffet and then we get there and we find out that it's actually all like pre-plated buffet so people will get a plate instead of like serving themselves so I'm especially right now I'm so excited about that that was like a huge eliminates touch points and it makes the presentation a lot nicer yeah so it'll it'll feel a little bit more sit down dinner dinnery without being a sit down dinner and it was nice to hear them discuss the way they flow food Mm -hmm. throughout the ceremony i think that was the other thing was at times when you look at when you're just reading things on paper yeah it's like this is a lot of food are we really gonna need this much food and then on the other end you kind of think, okay, wow, this might not actually be enough food or maybe we need a broader array of food to appeal to a broader group of people. And I think that it flowed very nicely. You know, when yeah, they discussed I it, think it there's like, at no point no one's no one will be hungry at any point. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. There's I think someone might have moved in across the way because there's just this that really light is so bright. Yeah, it's like a white 
It's a white room. And most of the rooms in that apartment, just because, like, not everybody has drapes. And so it's just a big white room and is giving me Dexter vibes right now. It's a little concerning. It looks like a hospital. Like, that room has been bleached recently. Very sterile. Back to the podcast. (laughs) Just just things that, yeah, things that distract you. But being home brings us to the topic that we wanted to discuss today. And that is dealing with your family and combining families when you're in a relationship because it's going to happen. And it is one of the most important things. It is huge. So, Sian, if you want to talk a little bit about your family and your upbringing. Yeah. So I grew up in a traditional Indian household. Uh, My parents are both Hindu. My dad is a professor and my mom was a nurse for several years. Uh, They were born in India They got married in India through an arranged marriage, and they had my brother. Probably a couple of months after having my brother, my dad actually had to move to America to start his job. And a year later, he brought my mom and my brother over. My brother has uh, Down syndrome, and so that has always kind of, I guess, changed the way that my family, like the family dynamic. you know, we've always had, it's like taking care of a disabled kid is something a little bit difficult. A lot of families don't really have to go through it. Um, it there's a lot of responsibility on everyone's end to kind of uh, make sure that the household runs correctly. But, you know, my parents did a great job. And I think that from the standpoint of being in an arranged marriage, it's kind of interesting. It's really kind of changed the way that I view a relationship because, here, like, when you date, you really get a lot of options. In an arranged marriage, it's, like, almost like your families are going to say, hey, this this is a match, and we're going to make it work, and we're going to figure it out. Well, there's that new show on Netflix that I was watching. Uh, when we were home, you were sleeping, so I don't know if you really paid attention. But it's called, I think it's called Matching Indian, or, like, Indian Matching or something, and it has, like, the, the matchmaker. matchmaker. And there are some people who are just, there's like one girl who's older and she, you know, when they say, why did you want to meet a matchmaker? She was just like, you know, I'm getting older and I'm just having a hard time meeting people. And then especially you have kind of her background and, you know, the same type of culture that she's in and has the same success level as her. She's There's one girl who's just really hard to hard to kind of deal with and she's not very nice. But there's this other guy, he's new, he just got introduced and his mom brought him with the matchmaker because she said, you know, in a year you need to be married. Like she already has the wedding planned yeah. in December. And I think it's probably like, you know, early January in the show. Yeah, that that's actually fairly common. I, matchmakers in general are fairly common these days because there's so many different families. Now I think you get a little bit more freedom in deciding like who's compatible with you and who's not. Before a lot of it was really kind of based off of like, a traditional system with a dowry there is a at the beginning i need you need to start watching it because i feel like you think it's funny um there's like older couples who talk about how they met their husband and there are some couples that are like you know super super in love and there are some couples that like you know that like they they have their roles and then there's some that are just like you know they've been together for so long they're just like best friends at this point yeah, I think so. I think that's what I really kind of appreciate about the arranged marriage system is d- the divorce rate in India is actually fairly low, and an arranged marriage is still fairly common. And I look at my parents, and my parents were, I guess they were sort of friends before they were matched for marriage. 
but even then like my parents still work pretty cohesively as a team and you know that's heightened by the fact that they do have a disabled son to take care of but they do a really good job and like you can tell that they love each other so in terms of like the way that i view a relationship it's like i think you can really find love you know you can make love but there are factors that have to play a part in it in an arranged marriage you're kind of taught what those factors are and like how to kind of tackle those head-on up front and then the love comes you know down the road it's a very different way of looking at things and i wouldn't say that i wanted to do an arranged marriage my parents offered i definitely said no well there is in my family i want to say someone passed away who had a sister and when she was sick she said to her sister you know i want you to learn to love my husband and I think the sister ended up marrying the husband after they passed. And the woman, the woman did learn to love the husband and like love her children as her own. And so it not that like sounds like a Nicholas Sparks story. It does. And honestly, like there's a lifetime movie of the same thing happening. But uh, they were a murder or somewhere in there. No, they were they were um twins. And um one twin who was married was murdered. And then because of like a bad finance deal. And then they never wanted to tell the kids that their mom died because they were so young. They didn't want to like, you know, really mess them up or anything. And so the twin sister just moved right in. And like they kept it from the husband for a long time. And then eventually like she told the husband kind of what was going on. The husband agreed to like keep it the way that it is. And maybe one day when the kids are older kind of tell them. But I don't know. I think it's a very different family structure, but, like, it is so... Like, I like what you have to say about, like, how you view a relationship. And, like, communication is just different. It is. You know? It's something that you really kind of... You have to put up front when it comes down to it, especially when you go into an arranged marriage because, like, a lot of times you're meeting that person six months before you get married. I have a, a family friend who they went through an arranged marriage probably, like, ten years ago. And he met his wife when they got to India. It was like the first match. He met his wife. He liked it. Five days later, went out. They got a ring. They, he proposed. Six months later, they were married. That's what they say in this matching crazy. India show. They were like, it, the girl said, you know, usually by the second date, they're, they're proposing. Yeah, it's crazy. It was so fast. And like you meet there, a lot of times your first date isn't like a date with the person. It's a date with your family sitting next to you and their family sitting next to yeah, them. Yeah, that's what it is in the show. Like, you know, first thing, it's, it's like, it's so old fashioned courting. You have to like make tea first and then you serve tea. And if you serve tea wrong, the mom will, the mom of the other family will be like, he didn't do that right. <laughs> X right there, you know. It's it's very interesting because it, it the other part of like an arranged marriage is like your families are joining. Yeah. Um, which it's the same in a normal marriage, but but I, I think, think with like a Hindu, uh, like we're having a Hindu ceremony, and I think my family is going to be a lot more involved than, you know, just the simple dad walking you down the aisle and saying, you know, I. The who gives this man to this woman, like her mother and I do. I think there's just, is there a little bit more than that? Oh, yeah. So in a Hindu ceremony, realistically, you and I don't do anything. Nice. We do a little walk and then we sit there and our parents do everything else. Okay. So the, the priest will definitely explain all of that in the morning. Great. 
Oh. Perfect. And so what about your family? How's it different from mine? I feel like mine's very different. I'm just so incredibly average. It's insane. Also kind of a rolling theme. I have a mom, a dad, a brother, an older brother. Grew up in, you know, suburbia. Went to, uh, you know, public public school my whole life. But my parents were married. or My, my parents are like nine ish years apart and my dad's older like he got married and I think when he was I want to say late 30s mid to late 30s and I feel like it's kind of funny you know seeing people who were in college like celebrating their dad's 50th birthday like I remember celebrating my dad's 50th birthday when I was in like third grade and his old like work friend sent him like dentures and diapers and all these really funny things and so now whenever I see that, I'm like, your dad's only, you know, only 50. But, like, having an older dad is the best thing ever. And I love it because people are like, oh, you know, what did your dad do when he was in college? Like, went to Woodstock. Like, the stories from when he was little are so funny. And I also just – he has a lot of brothers and sisters. And nine. Yeah. So I think that's, like, a big difference, too, with Sion and I's family is my family is all here. And my dad's one of nine. My mom's one of four. So I have just a huge family. And it's, I absolutely love my family. Like, I think it's been such a fun upbringing. It is very different. Both my parents come from very large families in India as well. But yeah, my cousins, I have a pair of cousins in D.C. and some cousins in Detroit. And that's really it. And I never really see them. I say, I've never, I've never really met Sion's cousins. Um, They're much older than me too. Yeah, and I have. I mean, you know, we go every year. Most years, we have a Christmas party, and we get to go like see everybody. And being from South Carolina, they're all up north, so I didn't get to kind of have the same relationship that they all have, where they got, you know, went to schools together and like grew up hanging out with each other and so it's been really fun being in New York and being able to see all of that now and I'm probably smack dab in the middle of the cousins in terms of age there's a lot above me and there's a lot below me and now all of the other people are having babies so I got to watch you know my little cousins as babies grow up now like I have one cousin who's in college now I have a picture of me holding her like I remember the day she was born and, you know, now Sion is getting to see my cousins have babies and see these babies growing up. And it's so funny because I was talking to one of my cousins, Claire, and she said that, you know, her boyfriend hadn't really been able to watch a kid grow up because he doesn't have a big family. So he was like, oh, I remember, you know, four months ago I was just holding him and now he's walked the little babies walking yeah I think I'm in that same boat because I, I everyone who lived on my street was always kind of my age so I never watched any kids grow up from when I was little on my street maybe in my neighborhood but like my cousins they have children and they're you know college age but I I saw them probably like every four years every three years yeah you know I so I saw them when they were a baby then the next time I saw them they were like two three years old I didn't really get to see them like grow up per se but I've been watching a couple of your older cousins kids it'll start from like you know seven months to a year and then like well Bo you got to see at six days old yeah and the next time you see him will probably be like 
a year probably less than a year i'll probably see him soon that's true probably in august and then like we saw one of your cousins uh, one of your cousin's kids like take her first steps stand up for the first time crazy yeah she stood up for the first time and then there was another baby who threw up on Sion the first time he held him and the next time he saw him he ran into his leg so i think for me you know the way i was brought up like i've seen what having a close family is like and i think you know not everybody gets to have that but i think it's really I don't know. I want my kids to be able to like see their cousins and I want to I want them to be the, you know, the little babies that go to Connecticut and see their aunts and see their uncles and their cousins and, you know, play with everybody. And so that's that's something different that I don't think Sion has that I have that I'm bringing. And I think I have a lot of respect for his family and both of our families really taught us, I think, about relationships because my parents have been together for. Twenty nine years I want to say their anniversary is in a few days so you know after 29 years they kind of know what things are working and I'm able to talk to them when I have a problem and they'll help me figure it out and they'll be honest with me and tell me like you're being annoying it's your fault and you know Scion's mom is so sweet and when we first got engaged she doesn't have any daughters and so it's very obvious that she's like thrilled to have a daughter yeah and one thing she said to me, she's like, you know, please call me mom and please, you know, I, I want you to be able to talk to me like you talk to your mom. And obviously, like, one day I'll get to that point. But, like, there is nothing better than, like, your own mom. But, like, I do think of his mom as, like, you know, a great person to talk to if I ever needed her. And I, like, look forward to really being a part of Science family. One day I think we were both pretty lucky to yeah. have, to be raised the way we were raised. It's not common yeah i feel like yeah your family was also very very welcoming up front with me too i like really kind of actually appreciate that a lot uh i think when you know this is like always a little bit of fear when you're like in an interracial relationship uh is when you are in an inter like (laughs) is the other family gonna accept you you know are they gonna be like hmm this is very weird why is why is this hindu kid here I think um, everybody. It is very different. It is different, but I think everybody has been really. I haven't ever noticed anything. No, they, it, it's been very. It's it's refreshing for people to be interested. I've really experienced it all. I've experienced the people that don't like you because of your skin color, which you know that's just a negative all around. Ew. I've experienced people who don't care. You know, like they're interested. They're nice to you that you're there, but they don't really care to get to know that like the different cultural side. But your, your family in general has always been very interested to know more about the cultural side as well. You know, it's like even your distant, like your uncles and your aunts and the people that aren't in your immediate family are almost taking it. I feel like they're almost taking it as an opportunity to kind of expand their horizons as well and claim a little bit of culture from it. Yeah. And I mean, my like my family, everybody who meets Sion loves Sion, at least in my I've never met somebody who hates him. And so it's like I'll be somewhere and I'll be talking and then they don't want to listen to me because Sion's here because he's significantly more interesting than I am. It's not true. It is true. It's fine. Uh, but I don't know. I'm, ex- I'm excited and I think we're having this Hindu ceremony on Friday and everyone really wants to be a part of it and is really excited. And we ended up moving it to my friend's backyard, like one of my childhood friends um, growing up, their parents they 
will are letting us have it in their yard and are like really excited about it and just excited to see kind of what's so different about it. And I'm really excited because it'll be like my first like Hindu wedding, my <laughs> because yeah. we never really like, we don't haven't been to one. That's true. Speaking of religion and getting married, you know, my mom always talks to me about like how you want to bring in like what is your plan for your kids. And I feel like, granted, that is a conversation for, like, a little bit of a later time. But we've had a lot of time. We've had a lot of time in that's true in the queue. And I think we, you know, I was raised traditionally Catholic, but not insanely religious. Um, we would go to church usually on Easter and um, Christmas Eve. Not to my mom's. My mom wasn't a fan of that. She wished we would go, we'd gone more, and we did. And I was baptized and first communion and confirmation and all of that but I think you know being with someone of different religion we're gonna have to figure out how to combine them both in a way that you know satisfies everybody and I think that'll be possible yeah you say that it's something that needs to be talked about at a later date but I really think that's probably one of the most important things to talk about up front because if you are religious, if you're not religious, it does affect your lifestyle and also the future, like the way that you guys are going to blend together. Because, you know, if you don't want to convert, how, how are you going to handle that? Is it OK if you don't convert? You know, I don't care. For me, being Hindu, it's both religious and cultural. Yeah, it's more like a lifestyle. So there are some things that are just ingrained in our lifestyle that's very difficult to take out. But that being said, you know, there are a lot of Hindus um, that aren't heavily practicing and there are a lot of actually people in India that are Catholic and I think there is a little bit of a connection between the two and so for me at the end of the day I want my kids to be good kids and I want them to have a belief that they have and you know I believe there is a God and that I think that you know prayers do work sometimes and that you do need that balance and you do need like that guiding light. But I don't think that's not there with Hinduism. It's definitely there. And then I think the other part of it is I just like my kids to carry on some of the cultural aspects of what my parents brought with them. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, navigating both of those isn't going to be the easiest by any means, but it's not going to be impossible. And there's a way to make it work that keeps everybody happy because I want my parents to be happy and I want my mom to be kind of proud of the way that I raised my kids. And I know Scion's parents have mentioned, like, you know, wanting to him to be a good little Hindu boy and, and I, learn about it. And he does. He reads about it. And I think that's what we would expect our kids to do is they'll hit an age one day where they're old enough to be able to decide for themselves what they want. But I think we can guide them, but we can't push them anywhere. Yeah, I think – the big thing is eventually they're going to decide. You know, I have plenty of friends that continued going to the same church that they went to when they grew up, but I have plenty of friends that, you know, when they hit college, they found a church that was different that they loved, and they started going there instead. And I think, like you were saying, it is such an important conversation because there are, honestly, there are religions that just don't match up or that, you know, if, for example, if I wanted to get married in a Catholic church, Sion would have had to convert in like all associated. I think he would have had to been rebaptized. I don't know the full converting thing, but that was one reason for me that I 
didn't want to get married in a church was because I wanted to kind of take the huge religion parts out of it but I still want you know the vows and the prayers at the wedding but you know we might not have readings that are straight out of the bible just because it needs to be a comfort thing for all people involved yeah what do you think I I agree yeah I fully agree I mean the prayers are a big part of Hindu things but at the same time you know they're done in Sanskrit yeah and we're also having we are having that moment on Friday. So we are going to kind of be able to balance everything. Yeah. Which will be really great. But, you know, in a few years, we have to start really worrying about that with our kids. We'll let you guys know. And then, you know, how, what do you, what do you want our family to look like? I think like both of our families, you know, we both grew up in families of four. We did. Mom, dad, brother, sister. Dog. Two brothers in my case. Um, yeah, I would like a dog. I've, never, I've actually... <laughs> I, the only pet I've ever owned are birds and fish. Yeah, um, yeah. I had I've had many fish growing up. I had two birds when I was younger. My mom has two birds now, but we've never owned like a dog. A real pet. Yeah. Well, I mean, a bird's a real pet. A bird's a real pet. They're they're pretty cool animals. They fly around. They land on your shoulders. We had cockatiels, so they would talk to us. Didn't they really like your brother? Yes. Yeah. They used to like land on my brother's shoulders, and they would like land on his head and play with my brother. My brother loved them. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I want to kind of have a pretty traditional family. I think right now in the city, I would love to have a city kid. Not right now in the city, but in the future, I would want to stay in the city for a little bit and have a kid and city raise kids him are here. Like aggressive. I it's think they're hilarious. great though. It's hilarious how independent a city kid is. You'll see like a five year old go through the subway by himself, and you're like, oh my god. But you also know when you're on the subway and you see that little five-year-old, you also see every other responsible adult's eyes kind of go to him and they'll watch and make sure that they're okay. And like if anybody gets a little close, you kind of see everybody get up a little bit just going towards the kid and protecting them. So there is like an air of protection, but there also is I wouldn't let my five-year-old be on a subway by themselves. Yeah. But I would go with them and let them sit a few seats down from me. Because they're so much cooler than Because they're cooler than I am. <laughs> and then how have we managed, you know, family time during COVID was not easy. We haven't seen Scion's family in six months. Uh, yeah, since February. Since February. So my, my, my brother, he's disabled. He's severely immunocompromised too. And so when New York was being hit pretty bad with COVID, we didn't want to go home. And then now Tennessee is also getting hit bad. And we just come into contact with so many people that I would rather not put him in risk that it. risk. And so, yeah, I haven't I talk to my mom every day, talk to my dad like three or four times a week when I'm not talking to my mom. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I haven't seen them in so long. This is probably the longest I've ever gone without seeing them. Yeah, I know. I miss them. But we did a month with your family. And then we recently went back for a couple of days. And then we're doing four days. We're going back to Nashville in August, September, September for a few days. So that'll be really, really great to kind of be able to spend some time with them so close to the wedding. Yeah. Um, get everything figured out and make sure that kind of, I feel like your mom, I feel like your mom, I should talk to your mom and get her a little bit more involved. Help her with a dress. Does she yeah. have a dress? I think she's got a couple like in the pipeline. I, her big fear is like she can't, she wants to go to a store and try it on. She's I should text her type. and ask her about dress shopping. She thinks she has an appointment to go in August. 
Good for her. That's yeah. good. It really, you're, I mean, his mom is so little and petite and the cutest thing ever. And so I'm petite, not the cutest thing ever, but it's, we got to shop. Short girls got to shop. We yeah. can't just buy can't a dress just buy and think it's going to work because nine out of 10 times it doesn't work. Yeah. She wants to go try it on in a store, but you know, with all the COVID cases and stuff, she's a little nervous. I know it's a bummer. I don't think, I don't know how possible this would be, but if she could get like her friend that works there to like get some dresses on loan. That's what they've done. So I think that's what they're doing. That's why she has like a day to go in is they're going to like clean out like one of the like dressing rooms and she already like has the dresses picked out. So they'll be cleaned off before she wants to go in and dry them and stuff. Like she contacted someone. They're like trying to be as safe as possible about it. That's good. Good for them. Yeah. So anything else in terms of family, any thoughts or feelings or anything else you want to talk about that our listeners might think about in their own relationships or in the future? So like another thing to think about in a relationship is honestly the sibling dynamic, you know, like I had to kind of bond with Teddy a little bit before it was not awkward, you know? Yeah. That is like a big thing if you think about it. Like I guess for me, so my brother and I are, we just... We're not incredibly close. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think we just kind of had different friends growing up and had a lot of different interests. So like we didn't hang out together. Like I, you know, a lot of my friends who have like sisters and brothers who like only hung out with each those people. Um, so it's not a bad thing. I think the older we get, the closer we get, which has been really, really nice. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me making sure that my boyfriend gets along with my brother is a big deal and I remember I did have this one boyfriend who was older than my brother which was weird for me and it just didn't seem like it was a good match and honestly I think if my brother came up to me and told me like hey this guy's a weirdo I would probably take his opinion way before I took anybody else's yeah, I mean, I, I like Teddy a lot. He's really nice. You guys get along we really have a well. Lot of, we have a lot of similar interests. But yeah, I I think that was really important. The I don't think I've ever dated anyone that's had a sibling close to the same age as me. So it's like, yeah. if you're going to join a family, you have to get along with the siblings. That's like rule number one, because one, you know, a brother is always going to be protective of their sister, especially little sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you have like an older sister and your brother, I imagine you're still fairly protective of them. And then the second is you're going to be spending a lot of time with these family members. And so if you don't get along with the family members, it's a little weird. Yeah. And we're all kind of close. I'm the youngest of all four of us. There's me, my brother, Sion, and then my brother's fiance. And next year they all turn 30. Right. Yeah. Next year they all turn 30 and I still will be 29, 28, 29, 29. Um, so it's just kind of funny that like they all kind of, I don't know, being the same age is kind of fun. So I went through this with your family. You're going to go through this with my family in an Indian family. It's actually fairly important, but I actually feel like I did the same thing with yours. Um, so in an Indian family, meeting the mom is one thing, meeting the aunties. I'm, I'm so scared. Step. You know, the aunties, for for people who don't know, uh, aunties aren't necessarily your aunts, but they do include your aunts. Your aunties are the friends of your mom that sit around the dinner table and gossip 
while they're cooking or like cleaning up or you know while the guys are watching sports or yeah i I don't know like all of this sounds like super traditional maybe not exactly politically accurate but uh you know that's that's your aunties it's like your mom's friends and they are the ones that you have to impress uh so i feel like i went through the same thing i met some of your mom's friends that i felt like were important to impress and then i met your aunts and i felt like that was also kind of like a big one because your aunts didn't grill me in the sense that you know i feel like the uncles did the uncles did the uncles were definitely more interested in what do i do um (laughs) Are the aunties gonna... were more... This guy is actually being Dexter. Oh, my God. He is hanging something up. He's, like, hanging stuff up. Oh, he's painting. Oh, he's painting. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he was hanging up, like, drapes earlier. Yeah, probably to protect the areas that don't need paint from on them. The, from the murder scene that's going to occur in her. He's painting over the walls from a murder scene. He's painting a white room white. <laughs> Okay, sorry, finish what you're saying. But yeah, so I think the I think that is also something that maybe you don't really think about. I didn't really think about it in terms of your family, but I knew to warn you about it in terms of mine is when you meet the other relatives who are heavily involved in the family. Yeah, if you ever think it's just mom and dad you have to impress, you're so wrong. You're so wrong. But siblings are super important. I think I think I would trust my my brother's opinion before anybody else's even my parents i think honestly that's kind of all we have for family yeah if y'all have any questions shoot us a dm uh what's for podcast or shoot us an email at, at what's for podcast dot dinner no honestly we would we'd really love if anybody ever had a question we'd love to read some listener questions um we would absolutely keep it anonymous, and I know a lot of my friends listen, and if you ever wanted to email us something, I promise you I will never talk about it with you in public unless you ask me about it, and I'll never hint that it's you. So there will be an absolute security with that, and if you're not one of my friends, we'll keep it anonymous unless you don't want us to. Yeah, but shoot us a question if you have any questions about You can uh, send us a family. DM at what's for dinner underscore a podcast or an email yeah what's for dinner at gmail.com what's for dinner at gmail.com for anybody who didn't understand that's what i said the mumble i didn't mumble you mumble you mumble a little bit i do switch directions as we mentioned two weeks ago we are big bachelorette fans and bachelorette has started filming and Sion hasn't seen any of the contestants. So we're going to go through and Sion is going to look at the picture and then give us his initial thoughts on what he thinks. This is like we're fully judging books by their cover right now. Don't. So don't. I saw the contestants, the original contestants. OK, so a lot of these have changed because like there were a lot of younger guys in mm-hmm. that set, like 22, 23. And the bachelorette is 30, almost. Yeah, I five. think she's like mid 30s, mid upper yeah. 30s. And so I've seen a little bit of these, and I don't understand. I honestly think Claire seems like a very down-home kind of girl. I didn't watch her season previously, so I don't really know. But she's older. She kind of has her life together. It doesn't seem like she's been doing the huge influencer thing. And these guys that are in there, I looked at some of their Instagrams, and it's like, you know, just model pics. 
and shirtless pics. And I'm sorry, but I don't have any guy friends that casually do that. And I just think I don't either, but I know guys who casually do that. So I yeah, but know. like none of my guy friends personally do that because I think that's such as I think that's so strange. It is. Do they take headshots for this? I think they make them take them there. Like, I think they take them because they always do not do these guys justice. Or the girls. The girls are bad. That's true. It uh, is Claire before, like, kind of the social media craze hit Bachelor Nation. I think she she was, I want to say she was right on, like, the cusp. Okay. Because, like, I feel like if you were, if you were before, I'm going to say Ari's season. I don't, I don't, Nick Bial, was he before or after Ari? Before. Okay. So if you were before his season, I feel like I the majority was, of contestants have some social media presence just innately from being a famous name. Yeah, but, and then if they jumped on to Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise is when they really... Yeah. But I could be wrong on timing because I didn't watch until next season. So you want to start? Yeah. Okay, this is Alex B. For any of you guys listening, I'm sorry you can't see. Uh, Google it. He's and a you can Lululemon model. He looks like a Lululemon model. Um it's the hand in the pocket. It's a sweet uh, watch flex that he's got there. <laughs> like, let me show you my oversized watch on my wrist. That's probably just Daniel Wellington. Alex B is 28 and he's from Dallas. Plays golf. That's cool. He's going to have a lot of fun in that paradise, right? They've got access to like three golf courses. It's not paradise, but it's well, like, like the hotel. They're at a resort. A resort. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yosef A is 30. He's from Daphne, this guy Alabama. Is a real estate agent. There is no doubt about it. He's a territorial it. manager for Northfield Medical and a casual model. Okay. What is a casual model? Um, you you let people take photos of you, but you just post them to Instagram. Okay. I feel like that's what a casual model is. And he has a 14, or gosh, he has a four-year-old daughter from a previous marriage. Sweet. Interesting. That'll He's be interesting. From Alabama. Honestly, he strikes me as an early early go home. This guy looks like a real estate agent. He looks like he's going home early. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Joshy's going home early. You think so? He's into dogs, travel, and hockey, and he's an account exec at something called Apex Systems. He's His smile is... He's ready for it. Yeah. He's 31, and he's from Minneapolis. So he's still younger than Claire, but he's he's got a good job. I feel like he looks like the funny guy. But not the funny friend. Or or he looks like Cam. Cam was weird. But it does say there's no dirt or drama. We're reading off of Cosmo's um, website. So okay. a little bit Next of a guy. funny. Yeah, I don't think this guy's going to make it far. He might he make looks it past like the a, first round, but not the second or third. He looks like a nice guy. Just a genuinely nice guy. Like, we'll yeah. make sure you get home okay. Yeah, but like he doesn't look like he's got the presence to actually make it on The Bachelor. No, it's the the hip hop. Yeah, this guy. Will Cameron do well. D. Cameron D. has a shot, has shot a bachelorette intro package already, where we'll presumably learn he's super into getting swole. Cameron D. Yeah. is twenty eight from Newport Beach, California. He, I wonder if he still has a public Instagram page. He looks like a bachelor guy. He's wearing suit pants with a V neck. <laughs> C D Duffy? Yeah. Nine one one. Okay, so he has a very average Instagram. Family, dude time. 
no random shirtless pics except for like holding a fish and then his holding a fish every yeah that's his old tinder bio picture he seems kind of average he has a lot of followers but that's probably because his name just got out yeah he seems normal okay he has i think he has potential he seems like a very nice guy he's a very nice face he looks like a country music singer he does that's true he's gonna love nashville ed w's going home He's 36 from Miami. He's an account exec at CVS Health. Yeah, he he looks like... (laughs) So maybe he can finally explain why their receipts are so long. That's funny. He looks like he's going to last like a couple of... Maybe like one day. He looks like the kind of guy that when he doesn't get the attention is going to like steal from other people. He's a where's my hug guy. Yeah, but the different kind. Yeah. Not the creepy where's my hug, but like the genuine like you guys don't really like me where's my hug. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, Ed, we're sorry. But he's 36. He is 36. Demar J. Something from, I'm noticing here, though, is a lot of these guys kind of have, like, actual jobs. I think a lot of the guys do. I think it's the girls that don't. Okay. Maybe I just haven't seen enough Bachelorette seasons because I feel like a lot of times like the guys guy are, like, salesmen. Which, I mean, being a salesman is an actual job. I should not have said that. But, like, a lot of these guys <laughs> seem like they are... Like in a management, yeah. It's like actually like they're leaving a job that like is a big deal to yeah. leave. Like there have been a couple guys that I've really liked on some of the Bachelorette seasons that have been like you know like there's a couple IBs like investment bankers, um, Venmo, Venmo yeah, John, the Venmo guy. Um, but I think for a lot of a lot of them, they, they were like real estate agents or their their job was kind of like you could put on hold to go on the Bachelor. I think we're about to hit the part where we lose that because oh. this is Demar J from Scottsdale. He's 26 years old and his Instagram name is DJ from SoCal. Questionable. Uh, he's a spin instructor at the Madison Improvement Club in Scottsdale. So hey, you're in Scottsdale, you know, do you run into this? He's probably doing the influencer thing. No, okay. I, we didn't work out in Scottsdale. Yeah, fair. We went to the pool and went to the couch. Chris C. Baseball player. He seems cooking videos on his his eyes. Oh my god, no, these, this guy is crazy. This, this they is, are not doing these people justice at all. Like this guy looks like he could be a totally normal guy if he wasn't just staring deep into your soul right now. I think he's wearing a woman's shirt. Doesn't it look like a woman's shirt. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's a pocket. <laughs> no pocket. It is a woman's shirt. It's like a lefty shirt, right? It kind of looks like it. And like his sleeves are rolled up like really. They're up to his elbows. Yeah. Chrissy has has mid potential, but I, I think he's going early. Oh, Ellis. Um, he's an aspiring singer who works for a radio station. Uh, he's from Dallas. He's 26 years old. And they said, did he originally audition for Listen to Your Heart? And they accidentally put him here. I don't disagree with that statement. Yeah. He, I think he'll make it though. He just seems really young. I think he'll make. I think a couple of the young guys will make it. I, I think he's gonna be the kind of guy that's like, oh yeah, like I love an older woman. Like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to be a. He's one of those people that's like ready to be a dad. Definitely. In like a weird way. Yeah, this guy gives like those kids soccer dad energy. But like, it's like those kids on TikTok who are doing those like creepy dad 
fetish videos. Oh, this guy does not give me that vibe. At all. No, but like that's what, they're the kind of guys like I just want to be a dad. Yeah, definitely. That's that is this guy to a T. Yeah, you know, he the just unbuttoned shirt, the untucked shirt with the blazer. Yeah, gives that one away. He really he's, he really wants to be a dad. Carl S. Carl S. wants to be someone's daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! That smirk. Oh my god! Just that smirk. Let's see. What does it say? It says Carl is a Florida International University grad and a motivational speaker. I wonder what he motivationally speaks about. You know, he's about to go in like the first day, like get out of that limo or whatever they're gonna do, and like fully motivate Claire. Oh yeah. Get her up and going. Like you can get that ring, sis. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about Carl. This guy's smirk is hilarious. Whoa. Jeez, Whoa, what a, They did not. Either this guy <laughs> lo- thinks he looks this good. Is, this is. No, this is going to be the bad guy. They didn't do him any justice. This is the bad Jake, guy of yeah. the show. His, Jake M, 25, from Lafayette, Colorado. He's a bartender. The facial hair. Like the small. The, I don't want to say that's a soul patch because there's no soul in that patch. <laughs> there's. Let's see. I'm Jake Mills is his Instagram. We're going to look it up. His hair, too. Talk while I look it up. Do you think he do you think he gels his hair so that it sticks out that far to the left? Oh, or to the right? boy. Why? And he, his shirt like he pops his collar out like a vampire. Oh, my gosh. No, his guys, his Instagram is out of control. Let's see it. Let's go through. Oh, the first thing is like. It's just like model pics, but like not Attem- model attempted picks. model pics. Like, like he picked them, he did them himself. Yeah, he totally set the camera up himself for those. Oh no, not, not him. Yeah, Jake Mills doesn't have a very big future in the Bachelor franchise, but I could also see him on Paradise if he's, he doesn't he's suck. He's definitely a bad boy. If he doesn't suck, he's gonna be on Paradise, and I feel like one of the last girls will be all over this. Oh yeah. Like Annalise, who like can't ever get a man. Was she the like really blonde one? That yes, was, like, a, that was that was a nurse. Like fell in love with every guy who talked yeah. to her. Yeah, Jordan C. This guy looks really. I'm nice. a really big fan of him. He has a very nice he has a face. Very nice face. He's a former football player. He's six one from Fordham University. His smile is so nice. He's very young. He strikes me as someone who will also say I'm ready to be a father, but like maybe not. Yeah, I think he'll make it far, but I don't think he's going to win. I could see him, if they traveled, being one of the people that travels. Yeah. Dale M, 31, from New York City. Fitness company motto, it goes down in the DM. I wonder what fitness company this is. His initials are DM. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good, okay. Good job, Dale. All right. I think he's 31. He's a good age. It's weird that he's obviously not wearing a sweater under his or a shirt under his sweater, and I'm really confused how high up his pants go. Yeah. If you're looking at the picture, you guys would understand. Yeah, uh, he looks like a really nice guy, though. This guy, I think, is going to go pretty far. Yes, I could see him going far. Matt G definitely Matt G asks for to, hugs. Yeah, and he is definitely ready to be a dad. He's a wellness advisor and speaker with a contagious positivity. No. Yeah, so he's, like, really happy all the time. He deactivated his Instagram. His chest is so puffed out. What is a wellness advisor? I don't even know. It's not a job. You think that that sounds, like, super holistic? You think he, like, 
advises you on how to not take some CBD. Yeah. Yep. Noah E. This, he looks like the funny guy. Noah E. Just seems like a genuinely good guy. I wouldn't mind being his friend. He's a twin. He's a travel nurse who has a blog. Yeah, this guy looks like where a very he asks nice guy. a ton of philosophical questions, like he's the Bachelorette's version of Prince Neptune. This will be interesting. He looks like he's got good bedside manner. <laughs> I come from like a family of healthcare workers. He looks like he's got good bedside manner. He does. I feel like he would make yeah make you feel comfortable in a hotel or a <laughs> in a hospital. Baby Herb and his Instagram is private. But his bio says travel nurse that loves Jesus, loves people, loves living, and refuses to leave the world unchanged. I actually like him. I'm a yeah. fan of Noah E. I think he'll do well, too. I think if he doesn't do well in this or is just kind of glides along in Bachelorette, he's a full contender for paradise. Maybe. And he, he's 20. He could also. But he's 25, and I think he'd match the age of all the paradise girls who are a lot younger. That's true. I feel like he could also go the other way, though. You know, there is always the Be wild card of being like, like no, but like a Luke P. Yes. That yep. is like a big wild card. You know, I I didn't actually think that was ever going to happen until I watched it happen, and I was like, wow, this guy's Every show needs crazy. a virgin. Or needs a Luke P. Blake Moyne, Yes. It's 29 from Canada. And Details this, on Blake and everyone else in the cast from this point are still TBD. Okay. So this, he, he must be one of the new guys. He asks where my hug is. This guy looks like a guy that I've known since high school. He really does. Yeah. He, he looks just like him. It's crazy. He looks like he looks like a very generic guy that everybody has a friend like that yeah, in high school. Definitely. Not much to say about Blake. Mm-mm. I, I don't I think he's going to be the guy that kind of falls. You're not going to remember him. Like he might, he might go pretty far in the season. Like, but unmet, when, but one of those people where you're like, when it comes to final rows, you're like, wait, who are you? Yeah, yeah. Like when there's so many characters that you don't really care about them, but like they still keep getting through. Yeah, yeah. He's that character, I think. Oh, jeez. Blake Monar. Blake so Monar. This is one of the new guys too. Thirty from Phoenix. I am not feeling it. I think I might be. He's great teeth though. He looks like. He looks like the alternative bachelor guy. Yes. A little edgy. Yeah. If Claire wants a little edgy man. Yeah, like he, he joined The Bachelor, but he's, quote, never seen the other seasons. Yeah, or I feel like his friend, he's like, oh, my friend signed me up. Or yeah. or they found me in a mall. Yeah, but he actually has watched all the other seasons. Yeah. Ivan H. He looks nice. He does look very nice. Not well, much to say yeah, about him. I guess him. all of these guys are the new guys, so there's not really much to say. Not much to say about Ivan, but he looks very nice. Mm -hmm. He looks like a, just a genuine dude who's going to say, you know, love my mom, love my dad, I have a sister. I don't think he's going to make it very far, but no. he looks very nice. He does. I like his shirt. Yeah. It's like a, it looks very comfortable. Yeah, it's like a Henley, but also a button-up. Yeah, and like it looks like it's made of like... Cotton. Yeah. Oh. Yes, this guy's going to make it far. JS will make it far. This guy's gonna make it far. He looks he looks so uncomfortable in this picture though. He looks very put together and like he doesn't like his picture taken. But yeah. I also feel like I'm gonna go to his Instagram and it's gonna be like model pics. He looks like they were like put your hands in your pockets and smile. <laughs> Face me, Smith his, J. He needs a slim shirt. Yes, doesn't quite fit. Traditional cuts not doing it for you. And he's private and he doesn't have. A lot of followers, so I think he has potential, but his his picture is shirtless. That's but that's fine. He got it flaunted. Sometimes got one more. 
And last but not least, we have Mike T. Mike T. He's the oldest. Calgary, Canada. He's going to be very nice. Interesting. Yeah, this will be a nice guy. He'll. I think he'll make it kind of far. I he, could. I could honestly see him being top three. Yeah, he doesn't look like your traditional bachelor. But, or I guess I think he just seems he seems like a genuinely nice guy who's ready to start a life yeah but I also feel like he's gonna start some stuff he looks like he's gonna start some stuff I could see him being top three okay I mean you kind of have to start some stuff to get to the top three very few contestants ever make it up there without I think Victoria yeah I think very few contestants make it to the top three that are just very well liked you know, I've seen like a couple, but usually one of them is not. Yeah, and they I think don't they do keep, very they well. They kind of like, keep the villain in. For, yeah, like, like for Tyler ratings. C was probably the one who made it the farthest that everyone was like, there's just nothing wrong with this guy. There um, still isn't anything wrong with him. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but I think he's like an exception. You know, there was that season, I think it was Becca's season with there was Jason, the yeah, I like guy Jason with the long too. hair. He was a really nice guy. Everyone was really supportive of him, made it a top three, but didn't make it any farther. But now he's dating Caitlin Bristow, and they have a house in Nashville. Yeah, she's like an old bachelorette contestant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that is our bachelorette recap. If, you know, once filming starts, we can actually get going. Um, but if you know any spoilers, feel free to send them. I won't share them, but I'll enjoy them. Yeah. So I think that is this week's episode. I think all we have to do is... What's for dinner? And since we were gone for a week and a half, we never had food. All we kept doing was eating out. And so we also haven't been able to get to Trader Joe's since quarantine started because the line is wrapped around the block and just outrageous. But Scion trekked to the grocery store today to finally get to Trader Joe's. And so tonight we had one of our favorite meals and it's the cauliflower gnocchi with turkey meatballs and like a red pasta sauce and that's probably one of my favorite dinners so if you live by a trader joe's and you know how to make meatballs it's a great meal if you don't feel free to send us a question we can give you the recipe yeah trader joe's cauliflower gnocchi is on point it's the way to go did you get the sweet potato gnocchi too no i only did the cauliflower they had kale and cauliflower but they didn't have sweet potato but you know let's avoid the kale Austin and Lauren sent us that great recipe for sweet potato gnocchi. So if we're going to do it, we should do that. Yeah, we should use that. But yeah, that is this week's episode. Again, we would really love to start answering some questions on the podcast. So feel free to send us any questions. And of course, we'll keep it anonymous. But thank you guys for joining us this week. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.